thank you again for all you do and all you are. Have your way in this place. In the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Hey, here's what I want you to do this morning, just for a minute. I want us to uh, just right in the middle of this service, right in this time, uh, to just pause. And I just want you to reflect a minute on the goodness of God and the great things He's done in your life and mine. Now, how many of you would agree with me that this year was different? It was different. Of course it was. Jesus Christ, however, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. His mercies are new every morning. So what I want us to do in this moment is just stop and pause and be thankful to our God. So just while Trent's playing that little, I just, I just want you to close your eyes and in your own way, offer thanks to the one to whom you build your life upon. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. You are God and like you, there is none other. Father, we pause today and offer you thanksgiving, praise, and honor, and glory, and power, and might. Not for our stuff, but for who you are. For you, we offer thanksgiving. For you, we give praise. For you, we give honor. so glad you're here. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? It was different though, wasn't it? Um, and frankly, how, how could it not be different? Um, we've had a different year. We've, we've had a lot of challenges. And so today, here's, we're, we're going to finish our thought that we began last week on a grateful heart. And I wonder if, if we shouldn't repent for our ingratitude, even in a year like this. I wonder if we shouldn't take a moment uh, like this, because I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've done a lot of complaining this year. I've done a lot of whining and griping, and I've, I've, had to, I've had to take a hard look at my own attitude about stuff. And then I come across this passage of Scripture that we read last week. We're going to read it again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that says, Always be joyful. 
Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And that's so easy to say in church when we're all gathered like this, but has it been easy to be thankful in all circumstances this year? Maybe not. There's been a lot of, with, with the election and with the pandemic and with the violence that's gone on in our world, it's just, I, I've, I've seen so many little blurbs on social media and on the internet that said we should just skip Thanksgiving this year. And I'm going to submit to you that if there's ever been a time when you and I need to lift our face and our hearts and our hands toward heaven and say, thank you, Lord, it's today. It's in this time. It's in this season. Because if you're in this room today, you're watching online and your life has been redeemed by the power of Christ, you stand on a solid rock this morning. And in the midst of all the uncertainty and all the questions about what happens next week and next month and next year, uh, we don't we ask the same questions, but we don't have the same worry because we know who holds our future. We know who is is indeed sovereign. We know who's in control, and that's who we build our life on. So we will not. Skip Thanksgiving. If you could have been in my house, you knew we would not skip in Thanksgiving. <laughs> it, can I just tell you, the, the Bible talks about gluttony as being a sin. We sinned. <laughs> it was sin. Don't look whatever. <laughs> what? It's like, it's like you're, we, it was so good, and you're like, man, I just can't eat another bite. And Donna's like, you know, we got pumpkin cake. I was like, I could use something sweet. <laughs> but it was different. There weren't quite as many people in my house this year as there was last year. It was different. And, and I bet if, if I asked each of you about your Thanksgiving celebration, you would say it was, it was a little different. We said last week, and we're going to say it again this week, Thanksgiving's not a holiday. Thanksgiving's a lifestyle. Thanksgiving is how we live our life. Thanksgiving is what we do or should do in all circumstances, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And I'm going to tell you that I got some work to do. Anybody else? Please, somebody. Last week, we talked about contentment and how we, we use that word contentment in the context of our stuff. Like, I'm content with my house. I'm content with my car. And that's really not what the Bible's talking about in contentment. Contentment is when, you're, when your soul is settled. When peace like a river, it is well with my soul. But what I want to tell you today is that contentment and gratitude are inseparable. We're going to talk about gratitude. I believe those two elements are what thanksgiving in the life of the believer truly is it's contentment and gratitude and I, I want us to take gratitude beyond the tip of the hat and a thank you ma'am 
Because there's more to gratitude than, than pleasantry. First thing I want you to understand is that gratitude is a choice. There's another passage in Ephesians chapter 5 that uses some, some pretty strong language. It says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always and for everything. How many of you had an event happen this year you didn't enjoy? You had an event happen this year that you wish wouldn't have happened. Uh, a, a financial struggle, a job loss, a, a, a diagnosis. So if I read this passage correctly, are we supposed to have a heart of thanksgiving in the midst of those moments? Oh, how? how? How can you be thankful when you don't know if you got a job Monday morning? Um, I, I remember uh, when, my, when my dad passed, my, my brother may be watching right now, but we, my, my dad passed on a Wednesday. We buried him on Saturday. My brother lost his job on Monday. It's a bad week, y'all. So how are we thankful in the middle of those moments? See, we've, we've got to understand that gratitude is not something that happens to us. Gratitude is a choice you make every day. I want you to write this down, that you must determine the object of your gratitude. I asked you last week a very silly question, but it's really not. I asked you, who do atheists thank on Thanksgiving? See, you, you, you got to determine who you're thanking. And, and I want you to understand that this, this idea of gratitude and Thanksgiving is spiritual, but it extends beyond your spiritual life. Because if you're truly thankful to God for his blessings, you'll be thankful to other people. Right? I mean, when somebody does something kind to you, 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 you you're, you're thankful for that. Do you, do you ever, um, I worked in customer service for a very, very, very long time. And it annoys me when I walk into a, a restaurant or a, a store and, and the person that's assisting me acts like I'm, I'm interrupting their day. You, does that make sense? I, I, I went to make a, I've been saving for this particular purchase. And I went to make that purchase Friday night. And if you'd like to know what it is, I'll share that with you later because I'm very excited about it. <laughs> no, it's not a raptor. <laughs> oh, you would have passed it walking in if it was the raptor. And so I walk in. Now, this is not an, a, an insanely expensive purchase, but it took me a little while to save the money to, to, to get there, right? It took me a little while. And so I walked down big side. You know how that feels? When you're, like, I'm, I'm going to go get this thing that I walked in, and, and, uh, and the dude acted like I was interrupting his day by coming in to spend this money. And he's like, okay, okay, well, if you want it, here it is, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I'll see you later. It bothers me. I think we ought to be... People, not just as Christians, but as decent human beings that know how to treat each other the right way. And, 
you, you can't do that if you don't know who you're grateful to. For instance, now, you, you may think this is silly, and some of y'all are going to get on me. you telling me that I'm, I'm, I'm hurting your man card. <laughs> Don and I have been married 34 years. I, hey, that's a big deal. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that's a big deal. Hey, you can be married to Dwayne Life for 34 years. God is living in your soul. <laughs> you could have argued with that a little. I'm just saying. She's just... She's just smiling. And, and during the week, most of the days, Donna takes care of our meal in the evening. And I try, and I'm, I, don't, I don't do it all the time, but I try real hard. Donna, thanks for dinner. Why? Do I really need to say that after 34 years? Do, is it, do I really need to acknowledge that? And I'm going to say yes. Because when I'm, I'm thankful to God for my beautiful wife and thankful to God for the sustenance that he's provided, I, I, ought, to be, I ought to be thankful to the people around me. Look, look at what the scripture says. Here's the, here's the idea. At the beginning of all that, we got to be thankful to, the one, to, to where it all originates. Psalm 136.1. In fact, you ought to go home and read the whole of, one, of Psalm 136 because it's full. It's actually a, a responsive reading. It's a song of a responsive reading to the children of Israel because the psalmist would, would say, Give thanks to the Lord. The first verse says, For he is good. And, and the congregation would respond, For his steadfast love endures forever. There's, there's just a, a whole page of the, the reasons that we are thankful to God. And listen, I love, I love the end of the book of John. The book of John says, if, if we were to write down all of the things that Jesus did, all of the pages and all of the books and all of the libraries couldn't contain it. And I want you to listen. If you were to write down everything that God has done for you, all of the pages and all of the books, and all the libraries couldn't contain it. And here's the deal. we we, we got to recognize that. In the midst of a difficult time, we got to recognize just how good God has been to us and how blessed a people we are. It really is all about perspective. And I would like to tell you and show you how God taught me that lesson. Is that okay? Even if it's a little silly? Please, yes. Please. Um, just so I know I'm talking to you. How many of you carry a device, something like this, with you? Okay. Okay. You carry it with you. Listen, and keep your hand up if you carry it with you almost everywhere you go. Okay. That's a vast majority of the other room. Okay. If you, I didn't, just stay with me. Keep your hand up if you take photographs with this. Take, keep your hand up if you take photographs of silly stuff. Keep your hand up if you've got over 100 photographs in your phone. Here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Um, and, and I don't know. It's, it's, been, it's been some time since this, this happened to me. And, and it happened to me, so I'm going to share it with you. Um, I, I've had a difficult year. I'm not, I don't want to. I know you have too. And so I don't want to. I don't want to pour my stuff out and just, but, but with my dad dying 
trying to lead a church in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, by the way, there's no books for that. And I had a tough year at school. It's been a tough year. And so what I did some time ago is I, I, just, I just went back as far as I could go in 2020 on the pictures in my phone. And you know what I've learned? You don't take pictures of the bad stuff. Right? So, so let me just show you a few of the ones that, that I stumbled across. Here's one. That was an incredible trip. I went to Israel in January, and, and God, I got baptized in the Jordan River. It was an amazing, life-changing trip. And I'm so, it, it'd be easy to forget that in January because of what happened in March, right? All right, let's, let's go ahead. Let's look on. I, I stumbled across that picture from February. You know what that reminded me of? That I, I, I have the privilege of pastoring the most incredible church on this planet. And listen, I want you to know I say that with conviction. One of the greatest honors of my life is when you call me pastor. So that was February. Let's go and look at We're celebrating 34 years of, of marriage on that trip. And, and listen, y'all, we, y'all hear me go on about my wife, and you hear me go talking about the deposit in the bank of love. But, but you know what you don't see? You don't see the hell we had to go through to get here. We, we don't take pictures of that. And so I'm, when I see that picture, I'm reminded not just of that incredible trip, but 34 years of God's blessing. Look at the next one. I took that. I took that just a few days before my dad died. And while father's grief there, I'm so thankful for that day. Because I got, I got to put my, he kept talking about my hat. And so I said, all right, I'm a, I, I took his picture with my hat on. That's, that's the last picture I took of my dad. And, and while there's grief from that, I, I, I'm so thankful for that day. And you know what that picture reminds me of? Is I, I have nothing but pleasant, wonderful memories of my father. Keep going. Right after the pandemic started, I had been here all day, and um, we didn't know what we were going to do. Are we having church? Are we not having church? And I, I, didn't, I didn't know. We were seeking the Lord and talking. Our leaders were talking. And I go home, and some little girls in my neighborhood had wrote that on my driveway. Have a great day. We're praying for you. Tell me God don't speak through children. Look at the next one. On a, on a whim in the middle of an, a service where I was preaching to three people, literally three people, I, I said, uh, I said, we got to feed this community during this pandemic. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we got to feed this community. We went to lunch. And as we're sitting at lunch, I started getting, I started getting text messages. Where, where do we put the food? And when we got back to the church after the lunch, that's what, I, that's what I came back to. And from that day for weeks and weeks and weeks, every time I'd pull into this parking lot, somebody dropped off a bag of groceries, and, and Amber came and put it all together, and we, and, and we were just able to, to now, now could, we, 
Could we feed the whole county? Nope. But I'm going to tell you, Life Point Community Church was a huge blessing to some very hungry people in our community in the middle of this pandemic. And that brought me great joy to remember that. Look at the next one. <laughs> hey, anybody, anybody got some love for Kroger Fuel Points? Just leave that right where it's at. Look at the next one. Um, I don't even remember why I took that picture. We were watching TV, and I looked down. We were holding hands, and I looked down, and I snapped that picture. And uh, it's in the middle of a pretty uncertain time because, we, again, do we, do we open the church back up? Do we not? What do we do? Um, and I, I became very thankful for um, a partner. You guys call me pastor, but you guys need to know that she leads this church just as much as I do. And, um, and, and when I saw that picture, it reminded me of that. Look at the next one. I, I couldn't put them all up there. Every pastor loves Easter Sunday. It, it's, 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 the big, it's the Super Bowl of church. <laughs> That's a horrible description. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how can, how can we celebrate rescue when we can't all gather? And so I just started asking you guys, send me pictures of your, and, and we had dozens of stories just like that that we were able to roll across the screen on Easter Sunday morning of how Christ invaded our lives and changed us and rescued us. And that's, that was a good day. It was a great Easter. Look at the next one. I think that's Mother's Day. Um, what, what you can't see is we're sitting in front of a row of azaleas that this church gave me when my dad passed. And, and so he's there. Um, I, I have that picture on every device that I have because it reminds me that uh, I'm a very, very blessed man in the middle of craziness. Keep, keep going to the next one there. You guys said some very kind words to me after the pandemic was over, um, or not over, but after we came back. We still got some stuff going on. After we came back to church, and, and Matthew Robertson stood up and said some very kind words to me, and, and I want you, it's really hard for you to tell what that is. But what you need to know is our staff and our leadership team for a, for a long season met on a Zoom call every week to talk about y'all and to help y'all and, and to see what we could do and to pray for y'all and to plan for our next step. And, and that's not even all of them on that particular picture. Every week they would meet and we would talk for sometimes an hour, sometimes longer, just, just to try to navigate this process. And, and what you, know, you guys know I love the church. You need to know that the, the staff of this church and the leadership of this church love you. And it's an, I, I remember just leaning back and snapping that picture going, I'm so blessed to have these men and women around me to help us go through this very difficult time. Go to the next one. In the middle of a pandemic, um, this church gathered and purchased school supplies <clears throat> for a whole bunch of kids. And it didn't, Mission Backpack didn't look like it's looked in years past because, they're, you know, we didn't have all the, all the games, but you know what they got? They got a book bag full of, full of, School supplies, and they got a cup of ice cream before they left the building or parking lot. And what you see there are some volunteers that just 
said, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a, of a tough time, but we're, we're going to reach out to our community, and we're going to make sure his kids got some book bags. Yeah. That's a pretty good day. Yeah. Look at the next one. <laughs> I, hey, I, I put that up there, not so I could go, hey, look at me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I put that up there. In, in the middle of a, an incredibly difficult year, God helped me realize a lifelong dream. You can't tell where I'm at there. I'm standing on the top balcony of the Gatlinburg mansion. I, I t decided to take the month of October to just fill my vessel. And as soon as I made that decision, I got a phone call. Dwayne, I want you to come to this retreat. Not going to cost you a nickel. We're going to we're going to we're going to pour into you. We're going to feed you, and they did. And and tell me that that's not God. Go ahead. <laughs> I put that up there because I'm so wearing that thing, first of all. Um, I, was, I, I was in a store, and I had that mask on, and I was feeling silly, so I sent my wife that picture. But when I was flipping through the, the, uh, the pictures, uh, I've got a lot of pastors, pastor friends that have been very sick this year. And, and God has seen fit to keep me healthy. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Keep going. And this was Thursday. Um, none of those folks have been sick this year. None of those folks have. And, and listen, I'm just talking about my story. So I look at that and I went, you know, it's been a pretty good year. It's been a pretty good year. Isn't it really all about perspective? It, it, it really is, y'all. And I'm going to tell you that as believers, here should be our perspective. We should, we should default toward gratitude even in the middle of difficult times. And maybe you need to do an exercise just like that. Maybe you need to take your device and just flip back this year. And, and see, like I said, you don't take pictures of the junk. You don't take pictures of the tough days. You take pictures of those days where you go, man, I am a blessed man. I'm a blessed woman. And, and just let the Holy Spirit remind you of how blessed you are, even in the middle of difficult times. And here's what I want you to grasp more than anything, is that the things you should be most grateful for aren't things it should start with this truth that God sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life listen regardless of how bad it gets that one truth ought to bring gratitude to surface in your soul for God so loved the world that he gave his only son for you and for me. And he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so we could know the righteousness of God in him. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. 
see so far, you've been smiling at me and laughing at my pictures, and some of you teared up at some of those pictures, and now you're going to get mad at me. Because I want you to write this down. Gratitude is an indicator of spiritual maturity. I can prove that if you like. Colossians chapter 2 verse 7 says, Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Didn't we just sing that? Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. The deeper you dig into Jesus, the more gratitude will be in your heart. In fact, that word gratitude is a little tricky. We, we get the word gratitude from an, another word, it, gracious or grace. Could it be that what gratitude began as was an expression of the grace that has been expressed to us? Could it be that what gratitude really is is a reflection of the goodness of God in your life? And could it be that when our lives, when our expression turns sour, when our demeanor turns sour, when our language turns sour, could it be that we are in fact denying the truth of the grace of God being applied to our life? Could it be? I'm going to say yes, and I'll prove it. Listen, have you ever been around a Christian with a sorry attitude? Don't. Always complaining, always negative. Now, now, now listen, you guys know me. I'm pretty real. I know there's going to be times of complaint and negativity, and sometimes bad days happen, right? But have you ever been around that, that, that guy, that girl, that it's always, oh, my gosh. But you're afraid to ask them how they're doing. Because you know what? They're going to tell you. How does that, how does that feel? Does that make you want to break into worship? Does that make you want to sing a song of, of praise and thanksgiving? No, it makes you want to leave. It makes you want to just find a reason to get out of their company. Now, now listen, what, when we have those kinds of attitudes, what, do, what message do we send to an unbelieving world? The message is, you know, if you'd follow Jesus, you could have this kind of joy in your life. Why would you do that? Nobody wants that. Have you... And, and so while I'm poking fun at that guy, I don't want to be that guy. I, I want to be the guy that expresses outwardly the grace that God has shown me inwardly. I want to be that guy that shows the world gratitude to God through the way I live my life. That's really what gratitude is. See, gratitude is, is not just a feeling. It's not just a tip of the hat and a thank you. It's an expression of God's grace toward you. And, and listen, I, I've heard this phrase, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Stop. Collaborate and listen. 
Here's what I want to do. I want my life to express what God has done inside me. In other words, a great way for you to show the kindness, a great way for you to show gratitude for the kindness that God has shown to you is to show kindness to somebody else. Well, they don't deserve it. Well, did you? Or was it an act of grace? Okay, so maybe you can show kindness to someone that doesn't deserve it because God shows you kindness when you didn't. Oh, and by the way, we just came through this whole Tasty series. Couldn't we say that about every one of those nine elements? What if I extend love because God has shown me the great love of Christ? What if I try to deposit joy into somebody's life because God deposited joy into mine for no other reason So here we are. I'm going to give you maybe five ways that we can develop a, con- a grateful heart. First thing is to identify areas of discontent. Because I'm, I told you, contentment and gratitude are in- inseparable. So if you've got huge areas of discontent in your life, then it's going to be hard for you to be a person of gratitude. And, and let me kind of tell you what that might look like. You, maybe you're discontented with your job your relationship. Maybe you're discontented with your walk with God. Maybe you're discontented with, I don't know, those are three. Let's just talk about three and you fill in the blank for your own. You're discontented with your job. Um, What if instead of complaining about your job, you got up in the morning and said, God, thank you that you provided for me an income and I'm going to work at this job as unto the Lord. I'm going to do all I can to be the greatest employee this company has ever seen. Not so they'll pat me on the back, but because they know I know you, it'll it'll show off your good works. You know what I've seen happen in moments just like that? All of a sudden, a brand new job opens up. You see what I'm saying? What what if you did all you could do about the, the area of your discontent? What if you prayed about that job? What if you worked harder than you ever had? What about in your relationship? Instead of complaining about your spouse, how about you uh, pray for your spouse? How about you talk to the Lord about, uh, about maybe you, you live in a home where your spouse isn't saved. Maybe what you should do is instead of, you know what, if you get saved, you'd be a decent human being instead of the scallywag that you are. Scallywag is a word. Look it up. <laughs> Scrabble approved. Instead, maybe, maybe turn that toward an attitude of prayer. Maybe you're in this room and you're not married yet. You want to be. And you're discontented with that. How about this? How about you let God cause you to become the person that the, the one you're looking for would be attracted to? Did that make sense? Okay, well, I'm, I'm not content with my walk with God. Well, guess what? If you're not as close to God as you used to be, somebody moved and it wasn't God. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying when you identify these areas of discontent, uh, now, now listen, we believe that Christ and his work on the cross was complete. All right? So I'm not, I'm not telling you that you're going to earn your salvation. I'm telling you that if you're not as close to God as you want to be, there are some things that you can do. You can come to church on a regular basis. You can read your Bible. You can share your faith. You can, you can worship 
you can you can turn off Blake Shelton and turn off turn on something. Now I don't like Blake. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but put some good stuff in. Does that make sense? All right. So identify those areas of discontent, and instead of just identify them, do something about that. Right. All right. The second thing is to make gratitude a daily pursuit. I, I love this passage, and, and we. You know, as, as church people, we say this all the time. Psalm 18, verse 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What if you started every day like that? Today, I don't know what's facing me. I don't know what's happening in that meeting. I don't know what's happening. And I don't know what kind of traffic I got to fight. I don't know what this sales call is going to look like. I don't know what this, what kind of diaper I'm fixing to have to change. Hey, that's a thing, y'all. I don't know. I don't, God, I don't know what this day is going to be. And I don't know what it's going to bring. But I will rejoice because you made it, you ordained it, and you put me in it. And the truth of the matter is, in every circumstance, every day, in every relationship, you can find a reason to complain or you can find a reason to be grateful. I told you last week, but I love this story. A hummingbird every day finds something sweet. Do you know why? That's what he's looking for. A buzzard finds rotten, diseased flesh every day. Do you know why? That's what he's looking for. So when you leave your house in the morning, what are you looking for? You're looking for a reason to complain? You're looking for, well, it's going to be another day at work. I know my boss is going to get on me this day, just like he did yesterday, just like he did the day before. Are you going to go, man, today's going to be a good day. Now, listen, I'm not all about the power of positive thinking. I'm about the power of positive living. Uh, listen, I believe scriptures like uh, there's no weapon formed against me that will prosper. I, I believe that, I, that God holds me in the palm of his hand. And I believe that if, if I'll keep that perspective, you, you, the worst thing you can do to me is kill me. But what does that do? That transports me to, in the arms of the Lord. So listen, let's live our life like, uh-oh, I'm about to give you number five, and I'm not going to do that yet. <laughs> number three, here we go. Number three, you're not going to like this one. Grow up. We can be whiny crybabies sometimes, can't we? We need to stop that. As children of the king, we need to respond and react like our God is our father. But we, I don't, I don't want to, I don't end Thanksgiving on a, uh, there, there's a reason for years and years and years we put connect, grow, serve in our tagline. Because I believe that the process of our discipleship doesn't stop when we get baptized and, and join a church. It's a continual process and you've got some growing to do and so do I. And, and I'm going to tell you a great indicator that we need to grow is when our default becomes a negative complaint. If, if it's easier for us to complain than it is to give thanks, then we need to grow up. I don't know how else to say that, y'all. Uh, and and that's, just, that's just what God's worked out in my own life. If it's easier for me to complain than it is to give thanks, then, then I've got some maturing to do. And, and, and that's, that, that's true spiritually. That's just true as, as a human being. You know, if, if we're always complaining about what we didn't get, think about 
Think about the child on Christmas morning. You have, you've spent way more money than you need to spend to give them a good Christmas day, and they open all the presents, and the one thing that you didn't get, they're complaining about. How does that make you feel? It makes you want to wrap all that stuff up, take it back to Dollar General where you bought it, <laughs> and take it back, right? Well, fortunately, God doesn't do us that way. But, but I, I believe it breaks his heart when he has bankrupted heaven for, for our good, and we, well, you know, I, I really would have wished that you did this for me. We need to grow up. Fourth thing is that let's, let's learn to reflect God's grace. And can I tell you, we, that sounds a lot more um, spiritual than it really is. I mean, it is spiritual, but here's, here's what that looks like. You be kind to people because God was kind to you. You love people because God loved you. you. You help people because God helped you. It's not that, it's not that uh, oh, what's the word? I, it, it's not that you're, you're trying to earn God's approval by some, you know, by some kind act. It's that you're reflecting God's goodness by being kind to people. I, I remember my, my home church. I love my home church. Um, but there was a couple guys in there that looked like, well, I'm afraid if I smile, I'll go to hell. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's not how we're supposed to be, y'all. We're supposed to be kind to people. We're supposed to reflect the work that God has done to us with how we treat other people. And then lastly, and this is from last week too, we live life with an eternal perspective. This world is not our home. And, and what the banker says doesn't change that. What your boss says doesn't change that. What your doctor says doesn't change that. This world's not our home. We, this, th these years that we, we spend on this planet is a blip on the timeline of eternity. And, um, yeah, sometimes we have tough years, and we just came out of one. Donna, come on. But I bet if you look back, you can find a reason to give God thanks and gratitude and praise. Will you, will you close your eyes with me? It wouldn't be right to, to finish this sermon um, It wouldn't be right w without just taking a minute and telling you a story. A true story. story about you and I and this massive debt that we owed a sin debt and because our our father our creator our God our our Lord was and is and will continue to forever be love 
devised a plan where that sin debt could be wiped away. So here's what he did. See, only a, only a perfect sacrifice could take care of the sin of the world. So God himself stepped into, the, into this world in the form of a human being. Next week, we'll start celebrating the birth of God incarnate. And he lived for 33 years. And he taught and he loved and he served and he healed and he fed. And then at 33, he gave his life for your sin debt and for mine. He gave his life and all he asked in return is for you to do the same. That you lay your life down at the cross and allow the life of Christ to be lived out in you. I told that story uh, to, to remind you that Jesus wasn't just born. That's what we're going to celebrate. But he rose again three days later. And today he's in heaven praying for you. I've kept him pretty busy this year. So maybe you're here and, and you've, uh, you're watching online and you've never had that encounter with Christ where you said, God, I, I give you my, my sin. I give you my life. I need your forgiveness and I want to live for you the rest of my life. Man, if, if you haven't, I, I'd love you to pray a prayer just like that. God, I need you in my life. Forgive me my sin. I want to live for you forever. Baba calls that repentance. It's when we recognize that our life is, that, we, that we've sinned, that we've fallen. And when we confess those sins to God, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all those sins. And then we can turn and walk away from them. It's a beautiful, beautiful process. And I just wanted to lay that out this morning. If you've never if you've never had the opportunity, you've never made the decision to follow Christ with your life, then I, I would pray that you would make that decision today. Or maybe you're here. And this has been such a tough year that you've, you've kind of pushed that, that truth to the back burner. Listen, there's nothing that can happen to you that can overshadow the beauty of God's love that was expressed to you on the cross of Christ. So maybe that should be at the forefront of your thoughts this this Thanksgiving and holiday season. Let's pray to that end. Lord, we love you. Would you forgive us of not remembering how, how good you are to us and the incredible blessings that you poured on all of us. And God, that you would turn our hearts toward gratitude this morning. God, even in the midst of a difficult year, we want to, we want to be obedient to your word and be thankful in all circumstances. We can only do that when our perspective changes and we look toward the cross and we remember the great love that's been showed to us. So God, as we leave this place, help us to reflect the love of God, the kindness of Christ, 
the joy of the Lord to those that are going to be in our path today, tomorrow, next month, next year. Help us live a life of thanksgiving, not just celebrate it one day a year. Help us to be people who are truly thankful for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. We love you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Before we leave, don't sing that chorus just one, once or twice. Let's just end this service in a time of worship. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a That's what we do. We give you thanks for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, so undeserved, but so willingly poured out on all of us. Now, God, as we leave this place, help us to be people of gratitude. Give us a grateful heart. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise.